Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another, another edition of the Focus TV. Uh, yeah, Carter and I laughing a little bit because uh, we looking forward to this whole all NBA teams and awards and that segment of tonight's show. So, spoiler alert, we're gonna get to that at some point in time. Obviously, we have our wizard segment. Some news came out today, uh, which depending on how you feel about things, you're either happy or somewhat happy or on a whole other level happy about it. Um, DC United, got an update on them. Good news and a little bit of bad news. And you know, Cardell got some rapid fire as always, man. So uh, he's looking forward to that portion of that. Which I want to watch me sweat. I tell you, he's not here to partake in rapid fire with me. But um, the Wizards segment, so they were on a West Coast trip recently. Um, we're going to, you know, just to share how things went. Lost to the Lakers, 124 106. They then beat the Suns, 124 to 121. They lost to the Jazz, 128 to 124. Then they beat the Nuggets, 95 to 90. There were some good things that came out of this trip. And, you know, just some things to, that we've been kind of, you know, pointing at all season long in terms of issues and not really issues, but things that really their ugly heads and losses, um, you know, per usual. Yeah. But you, you want to talk about the trip? You want to get to today's news as it pertains to uh, No, we can finish up the, the okay. trip and then get to today's news. You know, I was uh, one thing I took from the trip was Jabari Parker just continue to be consistent off the bench. Uh, they gotta keep that guy. I don't. I don't care what they gotta do. They gotta keep him. He's just a spark plug. He come in. That's at least twenty and five every night. You you can't just let that go. And he's playing the best basketball I've seen him play his career. He's getting healthy. He's still fairly young. He's only like twenty four. Mm-hmm. So you have to um, you have to take that in fact that in a great guy to grow with Bill. You know what I'm saying? As Wall recovers and whatnot. And Troy Brown, he had his best game as a pro since he got drafted. Uh, 24.7 rebounds, um, or 9-16 shooting, 56% from the field. That's what kind of, you know, allowed Bill to chill. He didn't have his best night, but, you know, Troy Brown picked it up, and Thomas Bryant continues his improvement, his steady improvement. I mean, 20 points, 14 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, I'm going to speak on, you know, why Scott Brooks is, is vital once we get to the Ernie part, but you know, you just saw a lot of the young fellas come up big. I mean, holding the Nuggets to 29 points in the second half, or 28, whatever it was, that's unheard of, not the Nuggets. They got so much firepower. I know, you know, Jokic getting ejected was a big part of that, but, you know, still, they still have a lot of weapons, you know, to go to work. So doing that, and, you know, and that one of them game, they only won by five points. Defense, that's the main thing we always said about them all year. When they play defense and rebound, they win. <clears throat> when they don't, they lose, so they did against the Nuggets, and that's what I was most encouraged by to play the young fellas. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it for me too. It was nice to see Troy kind of, uh, you know, you put in the work to see it come to fruition on, um, you know, on the bigger stage, not just a practice court. It's fun watching him get more comfortable, grow, and the biggest thing here is you, you cited most of what you brought us pretty much that supporting cast, mm-hmm. you continue to grow and develop um, throughout a year, which obviously this is how. This is how anybody wanted things to go, but if there's any silver lining to it, is you got a you got a decent group of young guys here that have continued to play hard and put in the work to develop, and you know that was evident, you know, on that trip. Um, but I mean, that's that's pretty much all I had to 
you know, really take away from that. Again, is the biggest thing to me is, you know, with the we're in that load management management era of the NBA. Credit that these guys are still playing hard. We're technically, you know, as far as uh, like playoffs or goals like that, yeah. there's nothing to play for. Yeah. But they're still playing hard, yeah. and I appreciate that. And then secondly, to a bigger note, that plays into part of you know trying to change a culture here. And so, that's the and that's the main thing I'm looking at as well. It's just like you can't. I don't want any. It's been too much losing. We can't have any type of losing culture. It's leaving that outside of what stuff you can't control right now. Right. And that's why you keep continue to fight and everything because you know what that do that takes you in the summer. Like we gotta get to work mm-hmm. so we can come up out of that. And then next year you already there. If, when you allow, it's hard to come up out of a losing situation, losing culture, because it becomes toxic. Everybody kind of, for the most part, not everybody, but he would just. You know, take shortcuts. They just roll with the punches. All right, man, if he doing it, I ain't got to do it. He ain't working out, I ain't got to work out. He ain't on that meal plan, I ain't on that meal plan. He ain't going to work out with the team, I ain't got to work out with the team. He ain't rehabbing, I ain't rehabbing. The next thing you know, you got nine, ten players doing all that, and it's going to show in the game So when it's time to play. So with that being said, I'm just happy that they continue to fight, and that shows they're still fighting for Brooks. That's why I'm like, you don't fire him. He, he, I mean, you know, we're going to get into that once we get in the army, man, because – you know, people just always want to just clean house, and that's not what you do. Well, I mean, we pretty much here, so we're way ahead slide into this already. Okay. Um, I'm going to let you take the floor. And, and well, you know, Ernie Grunfeld was let go, relieved of his duties uh, the day by 10. He also, um, they waited for him to get back from the West Coast trip. He informed him. Yes, he did call John Wall Bradbill, according to reports, let, let them know. Uh, we was there at uh, media day until later in the college. You know, I expect a D playoff run. He said, no excuses. And he meant it. You can see it in his face. Look, I done did everything on my part, put cash checks, you know what I'm saying, signed checks, built the new state-of-the-art facility that's way ahead of other G League facilities. There's literally nothing, no reason why we shouldn't be able to do it. The injuries happen. They get off to that bad start. Injuries happen. We all know how it all, all, all unfolded. And, you know, he had to do what he had to do. It was long overdue. Uh, you know, it, it just – it's not. It's a combination of things that just made this. You know, like people been saying he needs to go for a long time. The draft picks, the, the roster changes, not resigning guys, overpaying guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's all a combination. Trading the low key thing that no one has mentioned when he made roster moves, he gave away picks. So when it came time to try to rebuild the team, he could not do that because there were no picks available. There were at least two or three years in the draft recently. Doing a John Wall here, I'm not going to include it. Gilbert Arenas here, we all know how to end it abruptly. But, you know, with the John Wall era, there were two or three years where they had no picks in the draft, and you don't even have money to go out and try to get free agents. So you're stuck. That's not a good look, man. It's just bad roster management. And then on top of that, under his 16 seasons, man, the team record is 568 to 724. You know, says all of it, and that's it. That's all you need to say, man. So, uh, Senior Vice President of Basketball Operations Tommy Shepard will report to Leon since on all basketball matters beginning immediately. Um, the team will begin to search for a new head of basketball operations, which will include Shepard as a candidate upon conclusion of the season. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, as you said, first thing comes to mind, long overdue. Right. Um, it's a results-based business, and you guys just heard the record mm-hmm. um, during that tenure. Uh, I mean, it, it's almost to a point where, you know, the thing with the draft picks, uh, the reason why it matters so much is 
when you give away, like if you're going to give up draft picks, right? right? One, you need to make sure that what you're getting back in return for them, Somewhere. they're concrete things. Yeah. You know, they have to be concrete. Where the only way that it's a bad thing is if said asset is hurt. Mm-hmm. If they're healthy and, 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 you know, what they bring to the table is negative and that trade wasn't a good trade, um, is that simple? But the other thing is, is, again, that means since John's been here, he's been a failure to surround him with the things that would, would, would help you maximize his, his talents. Mm-hmm. You, you throw Brad into that, and now we're, what we've seen this year is Brad go through kind of, it kind of sucks for Brad, but again, it kind of played into the, 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 him unlocking that new level this year as well was he kind of had the John year, you know, dealt with kind of what John dealt with before John had Brad. Right. Um, this year was kind of throwback to that. Uh, except at the same time, you saw a little bit, you know, there's some talented young players around. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they hold off on bringing somebody new around for a little while. Like I was saying to you earlier. Right. Um, you know, just reading the, what you showed me and then, you know, just reading some of the statements and some of the reports. Um, it just seems like for them to kind of fix or improve upon the culture that's here in that building. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted's gonna have, like, the whole thing has to be, has to be made anew. Right. Um, and I credit him because we talk about owners of football all the time that, that meddle and do too much. And for the most part, what's hurt here has been someone, has been an owner that's done what you're technically supposed to do to a large degree, sure, which sure, is sure trust is. who you hire and let them do what they need to do and maybe it just went a bit too long, um, but no I, baby, yeah. Yeah. well, yeah. it went too long. Um, obviously, there's going to be things that come out, you know, in the coming days and weeks about, you know, sort of some background information with all this. And, but I mean, that's just pretty much where I'm at with it. Is it's it's something that needed to be done for them to take the next step, and it kind of goes in tune with what this year has kind of been like on the court, yeah. where the larger thing is you have to take a step back to go forward, and this is just. This is a step that had to happen to go forward because I don't think there was any going forward. With that piece still part of this puzzle. I mean, bottom line, John Wall and Brad Bell kept them employed because of what they became, all NBA guards. Um, but I want people to kind of just take a look, get an example of, you know, his draft picks. You know, obviously 2010, John Wall came in, no brainer. Enough said. But the, the following season, 2011, he drafts Jan Vesely, six overall, ahead of some players you might have heard of. Now, obviously, Kemba Walker, you already got John Walsh, no point in drafting right. Kemba. Clay right. Thompson, you might have heard of him. Huh? I know uh, guy Kemba played in that tournament that you about to name. Yeah, yeah. Kawhi Leonard, uh-huh. 15th pick. All the way at the end of the first round, Jimmy Butler, all became all-stars. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can't miss like that. And Jan Vesley never became a factor at all to the point he just went back all season stayed. You cannot miss like that because that sets your team back. Yes, but now the next year, he regrouped. He did well. Brad Bill. Right. But, again, that's oh. a no-brainer. Oh, oh, yeah. No, it wasn't, no, it wasn't okay, quite a no-brainer. Nice. He was in the mix. But another Brad Bill. And, you know, second round, told my son, Ramsey, who has emerged as a quality backup. Took mm-hmm. him a few years to come over. But that's fine. So we fast forward to 2013. He drafted Otto Porter, no doubt. That's great. 
but you drafted him ahead of C.J. McCollum, who we all saw do damage in the tournament. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And Greek Freak. So you had two cracks at two all-world small fours, MVP caliber small wings before Otto Porter, and you did not – you didn't draft him. And we heard the stories about Greek Freak when he started coming on the radar. A lot of teams didn't go over there and check him out. Mm-hmm. That tells me you're not doing the Lord. When you see that, you got to at least go see. All right, let me see what this kid about. Because he might wake you up. Like, I mean, I, my, one of my favorite players, Kevin Garnett, he had his workout. And that was before all this high school stuff came to play. So all the teams said, let's just go check him out, man, whatever. So they went and checked him out. And Kevin McHale and um, late flips on to say, man, we ain't drafting this kid. We just going to show up and, you know, do our work, do what we supposed to. Right. just check him out. Mm-hmm. And he wowed him. He didn't he, – he was like, oh, shit. Kevin Hill, that like, yo, we better hope that kid available now. Right. Like, it, it wakes you up. That's when you can see everything. All right, I get it now. So, you have to do the work. You got to be in the gym. <clears throat> it, it's no aspect of basketball where you cannot be in the gym and be successful. And I'm not saying we don't know, but the, the, the result speaks for itself, man. It's just he missed too much just on draft. Even, even last year when we were in the draft room, I wish people could have been in the draft room to understand how, like, it felt empty. It felt hopeless when... It was deflating. It was deflating. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's not Troy Brown's fault because he has promise. But they have a bunch of, they had a bunch of wings. It was like the need was in the middle. And then you see what Mitchell Robinson is doing in New York. And it's just like, man, dang, man. It's like, yo, man, it's like you, you, you sleeping on a girl or something. And she going to be bigger and better and everything look better and all that. you like, dang, man, that could have made it. That's what it, and now you gotta deal with him in the East for I mean, years to come. Essentially, that's that's literally what that was last year. You had several cracks at bigs. And you had several cracks, and again, like you said, the biggest thing, and I think we've been pretty much open about this the entire time. That's not on Troy Brown. You can't draft yourself, but and, and in terms then, of a need. Yeah, and then I might just keep going. So 2014, <laughs> then he have a first round draft pick, but in the second round you draft Jordan Clarkson, who you didn't even keep. You traded him away. 2015, I mean, I'm looking. You had a 19, 19 pick. You draft Jerry Grant, okay, ahead of a current player that's on there, Bobby Portis, you know, Larry Nash Jr., guys who became better pros. Second round, Aaron White, who never played in the league. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, 2016, you can say all the salary cap roster, all you want, man, but when you see the, when you see these messes, man, another time, 2016, don't have a draft pick in the first round. The same thing. Don't no no second round pick. I mean, <laughs> you don't even have a chance to improve your team, man. It, this can't happen. And this is be and this and we've seen like what the Warriors done with late picks, late round picks and stuff. And other teams are using late round picks, sending them to the G League to develop, and they come back and kick your butt. So it's just. It, it was just too much damage on all sides. It's like it's nothing you can hang your hat on outside. He drafted Wong Bill that currently you can look at it and be like, that, that was a good job. Everything else you can question greatly. I mean, after that, I don't think there's much else to throw on that. Because, um, I mean, look at what it's done for other teams. Like, okay, so for example, we got what's happening in Washington right now, right? Toronto turned that whole the whole thing around in an off season. In twenty seventeen, the entire yeah, the entire thing. The twenty seventeen didn't have a draft pick at all. So two straight years you didn't have a draft pick at all. 
from bad roster movements. 2018, which you Troy Murphy. The second round pick last year. And then even that. Lisa for Sandy, who I doubt would play in the league. And then even then, with the, the second round pick, you had people that could have made the roster and contributed it, available. Here's some second round picks that could have helped the team. <laughs> Javon Carter, who everybody's high on. Mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson, who's now starting in Dallas. Okay. Mitchell Robinson, talked about him already. Uh, Kyrie Thomas, we see him in Philly come in here and go to work on the Wizards. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Bruce Brown getting minutes up in Detroit. Justin Jackson, he I mean, I don't even, I'm not sure if he in the league. Oh, he he's not in the league right. I'm not sure. Hamadou Diallo in a rotation for OKC. Mm -hmm. Uh Base Diop came in here with Minnesota and went to work on the Wizards. I'm just saying, man, you looking at all this, I mean it, the saddest part, some of the names you, you, you brought up were here for pre draft visits. I mean, bro, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying Troy Brown, once again, he just called him Crossfire. Because he has talent. Yeah, it's not an indictment on him at all. But, again, it was looking at your roster and what the priority was, right? Y your biggest priority was a big. Especially before Dwight even signed. Period. So once upon drafting John Wall, your priority should have been big, big, until you hit on one to be his running mate, right? Mm -hmm. And this is after getting Bradley, too. You never got... They're still looking for the athletic big they were supposed to have. They, they thought, but at that time, to be fair, you got to understand, they had Blatch and JaVale McGee, right. who they was kind of hoping would right. become that, but it didn't become that, so then you got to regroup. But in hindsight, twenty twenty, you don't quite know, but some of those draft picks, you was reaching. Jan Vesley, you was reaching, though. Like, that's just safe to say. You know what I mean, from last year, reaching. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Troy Brown might be he, – he has the problems. You can see the, the flashes, the talent with his size, but, but then at the time you had Porter and Uber. And I understand Uber their signs where he wasn't going to resign. That's why he traded him in. Porter, time was ticking with that max contract to see if he was worth keeping around. But at the same time, it doesn't take away from the fact that, again, this has nothing to do with Troy. The priority, you still have a hole at that place we're still talking about. Exactly. And as good as Thomas Bryant is, he's still undersized. Mm -hmm. So you, and I mean, when we mean size, we mean a footer. So yeah, <laughs> a th thank you for clarifying left. that because we're, we're talking about things that patrol the paint. Length, guys that can shot block. That cause, alter and tip the game. Like, thank you. Because if they say we're going to take Mitchell Robinson last year, that rim protection is different. And it makes Wall build the way they throw lobs. You got to guard him even though he's in the off row. Because now you stretch the floor not just horizontally now. You're stretching the floor vertically off the screens now. It's just a whole different part of the game. And then the other thing defensively, you're allowed to play up those dudes. Now when you gamble, it's different. And there, there's, a, there's a deterrent back there. But and Mitchell Robinson with 36. In the second round, they won with that, man. You know, and not even just that. I like what the Knicks did when they, um, what's, um, what's the bucket? You know what I'm Trier. talking about. Trier. Trier. Alonzo Trier, same thing. He didn't get drafted. But like you <laughs> said, the biggest thing is just the due diligence. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, I'll give Ted this. I, I, think, I think he's the type that he's going to get it right um, after this. Because he's going to put yeah, the work in. Yeah, I, and that's the thing where... Again, not a Wizards fan, but I do, just from how he goes about his business, I think that Ted's going to take the time to do the due diligence to make sure that when, they, when it comes time to hire Ernie's successor, that's the right fit, and that 
the way things worked before, that's not going to be occurring again. And you have to, you also have to look at this, man. <clears throat> a lot of people feel they know basketball. That's not the thing. But it's a totally different thing at the NBA level with evaluating talent, coaches, and GMs and stuff. That takes time. And you got to be around the league. Like, you know what I'm saying? I thought I knew basketball until I started being around the league all the time, year round. You just realize, all right, I ain't know this. I ain't know like I thought I knew. So you got to hum yourself, just chill, and just learn. And then you come out better on the other end. Not saying that's related to Ted, but a lot of people are like, how you miss on that? How you miss? It's easy because you just like, man, this dude can hoop. Yeah. So draft him. But, you know what I'm saying, his skill level and that level of skill and athleticism might be great for college. It's not great for the pros. Adam Morrison destroyed college. It was unfair. But he got to the pros. All the things that allowed him to have the edge there were, were, were yeah. what advantage you got against Kobe. Against, because of the, the competition. Yeah, what, you, the game what can you do against Kobe and D-Wade and other two guys, Rip with, Hamilton? With, with longer wingspans, more athletic. And do what you do. Uh, well, you said that's a huge part of it. All right, so we'd love to know what you guys think. It is on Twitter. Yep. About, uh, you know, uh, what's the latest news with the Wizards who you would like as a replacement GM or, you know, or anxious to see what uh, Shepard does in his role. Okay. Or I'm very anxious to see how the draft goes this year now because this whole thing's going to be interesting now because there's a different person well, just that person is not at the home anymore, period. Yeah, we got to wait to see who that yeah. pick is because they miracle happened to get number one. We all know who it should be. <laughs> I need messing with you. Y'all follow Cardo on Instagram. <laughs> I think you all know who the pick is. Even if you don't follow him, I feel like you should know who he's talking about. Yeah. But we're going to take a quick break when we get back to BC United News. Um, and then, you know, uh, we're going to talk about these awards with the NBA yeah. and all the NBA teams where you guys are going to be mad. Uh-oh. Add us, tweet us, can't wait. I won't respond. Watching the Focus TV. Welcome back to the Focus TV, as promised. Um, your DC United news. So uh, they haven't lost yet. That's, that's your update. Um, they continue their unbeaten streak to start the year. Uh, Joseph Moore suffered a, a big injury. They face LAFC this weekend. All right. So on to you know what happened this past Sunday. They ended a drought on the road. The last road they the last time they won on the road was last May, just to let you guys know how long, why there, was so, why there was that type of excitement following the final whistle on Sunday evening. Wayne Rooney had an assist and goal in this match. The assist, it was a beautiful ball played in Stephen Burbaum, who got his first goal of the year, but the goal was ridiculous. Some people are, you know, uh, you know, not too happy about the call that preceded the goal, but the referee pretty much was ruling at the intent uh, with the slide, I believe, by Don Dwyer at Wayne Rooney was there. There was intent. And as Wayne pretty much going to paraphrase here, I'm not going to stand there and get hit to make sure I get the call. You know, you've been playing for quite a while. Why, why would you subject yourself to that? But uh, the goal, if you haven't seen, get over to MLS, MLSsoccer.com. It's uh, kind of crazy. I said, Cardell, I sent that to you. This weekend, as soon as it happened, uh, the way that ball broke, um, yeah, talent definitely bent the heck out of that. The biggest thing that jumped out to me, they didn't really play well right. um, in this match on the road. But what was important was they were still able to not play up to their level, 
uh, or play as well as they would have liked and still left with the three points. Orlando definitely looked to be the better team in the second half of play, which is where they got their first goal of the game. Um, but DC United did a good job of not conceding that second goal. Uh, Lucas Rodriguez, um, the youngster continues to stand out to me. I, uh, obviously, we know what he does in terms of what he brings to joining the attack. But I like his work rate on the other side of the ball as well. He does a good job of getting back, getting stops in different parts of the field. Um, just want to share what stood out to me, and it's something about him that I really, really like is his work rate. Um, another thing DC United could have did better was, you know, hold on to the ball a little bit better. They didn't possess the ball nearly as well as they should have. Um, too many times they kind of just dumped the ball out of play, uh, which is something we've seen in past years and different iterations of uh, DC United. So, you know, that, that was one of the things that wasn't a big fan of. But again, all in all, you know, the important thing is they went on the road and they left with a win. Wayne Rooney recorded his fourth goal and third assist of the 2019 season. He now has four goals and three assists on a year. Bill, Bill Hamid conceded his first goal of 2019. The last time he conceded an MLS regular season goal was in the 3-1 win against NYCFC on October 21st. All right, so I'm going to repeat that one more time. The last time that Bill Hamid conceded a goal was October 21st in a 3-1 win against NYCFC. If you look at the standings in the East, DC United currently sits atop. Uh, Joseph Moore is out uh, with a broken jaw. I believe the re uh, report from Stephen Goff said we shouldn't expect him at training for about another four weeks. Um, so, you know, wish him a speedy recovery. I'm interested to see what DC United does at the, what decisions they make at the back, they have several options. Um, we saw McCann come on uh, for Mora. You have Jalen Robinson. You have the first round draft pick of the Keen Ward. Um, you have the option of moving Paul Ariola back and then having Snyder play wing. Um, so there's options. I'm anxious to see what it's going to look like Saturday against LA FC. Again, it's going to be a good matchup in DC United plays at home at Audi Field, and uh, I always love opportunities to get to good old Audi Field. I truly, truly, truly uh, enjoy it. Oh, so very much. But 9450 and Jamal Hayward this week break down as a quick between pull-up. Again, it's a breakdown of a quick between pull-up. So check this out for Jamal Hayward and 9450. We'll take a quick break, and when we get back, Cardell and I have some things to make some of you very upset in our NBA awards. You're watching the Focus TV. Welcome back to the Focus TV. Not a moment you've all been waiting for. Follow us on social media. We're going to get to this whole NBA awards segment. Where do you want to start, Cardell? Hmm? Uh, uh, <laughs> get right into it, rookie. Yeah, yeah, man. So, who so you got, man? Come on. Hey, I feel like I got the same person you got. <laughs> uh, so, we guys were watching last week. Octavia has the same person as well. We brought this up to her. Um, so, even in her absence, she chose Luka Doncic. Uh, I believe I did the same. I believe you did the same. Yeah. Um, and similar to what Ben Simmons said, you know, just from the start of the year, you know, beginning and end of the year, team did what it's doing, what your, the impact you're having on the team. The consistency was the biggest thing for me. And um, I just see him in person, man. He's just different. Yeah, and it's very close. Don't get me wrong, Trey Young, yes. a bad boy. He's yeah. a bad boy, but, you know, just the consistency, uh, the wins that matters um, from day one to now. 
you know, I got to give him the age, you know what I'm saying? Just having just 21, 7, and nearly 6 assists. A little bit slightly shoot better shooting percentage from the field than Trey. Trey shoots better from the field and free throw, which which makes it, you know, close. And then obviously, if I end up winning 28 games, it's close. But, you know, I'm going to get an edge to Luka. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for me. Was consistency was used. The biggest part to me was from start to finish, he's been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, with Trey, it took a little while, but when he got going, it's, yeah, it's been real. But the biggest part, and this is, this is not a knock, is the difference between coming out of college and someone who was playing against pros, playing against pros, and not only contributed but got it done against pros. So that's just the thing. And again, this is not a knock on trade because you were doing it against college, so you were going to have a, a an adjustment period mm. to the pros, no where someone was just going from Pro. one set of pros to another set of pros and just figure out where you fit in a different professional league, yeah. but you're already professional. All right, so uh, you want to do MVP or MIP right now? Uh, we could do uh, most improved. Okay. Um, I'm rolling with Pascal, Shikyao. Shikyao? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to yeah. say it like that, the way he man, put a little twist on it. Um, he's been an X factor for Toronto. Uh, even with, you know, especially with Kawhi, you know, being in and out, mm-hmm. you know, working his way back, I mean, his career stats is 9.9 points and five rebounds, 1.9 assists. He more than he, he dang near doubled all that. You know, 16.8 points this year, 6.8 rebounds, 3.1 assists. You know, 54% from the field, 35% from three, 78% from free throw line. He guard the one through the four. You know, being 6'9", 230. What more can you say, man? He, he's most improved to me with John Collins and Montrez Harrell being second, be being close second and third. Yeah, um, yeah. My, my choice was Pascal again. Um, Got to go consistency. But beginning of this year, we saw that uh, somebody improved, uh, and I felt like he continued to do so as the season progressed. Uh, with Kawhi, we know that they managed him most yeah. of the season coming off injury, and Toronto didn't fall apart. And obviously, they have some other good veterans there. But we've seen a couple games when Pascal was the leader. Yeah. You know, uh, dominant. dominant performances in those games. So if it was one thing where you were just along for the ride, you know, we it'd be a different type of conversation. But he's a legit part of that team to where you have to game plan for what Seattle does to you. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about all the time about when the scout report catches up. Um, what you it's, it's, it's hard for me to believe that people are going to Raptor games and he's not on that list. Uh, you have to factor for him. Absolutely. So... With that being said, that makes it easier to, uh, you know, for in terms of why he was a selection was literally for those reasons. You now went from, eh, maybe being a, a, a dot on a scouting report to, you know, there's paragraphs now in terms of what you have to deal with with this guy. And, the, and I like that he impacts the game on both ends. And it fits right into what makes Toronto so great is having those long, lanky, versatile guys and, you know, I think that's why he was pretty much no random selection for, uh, for both of us. All right. Uh, who's your sixth man of the year? <laughs> I'm going with Lou Williams. Um, the reason I'm going with Lou Williams is nobody thought the Clippers were still going to matter at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, not only are they mattering, you know, they're a playoff pitcher. Uh, and it's easy for someone on a roster like that to be like, hey, 
I should be starting. Yep. And one of the things the Clippers have been able to do this year because of having a guy like Lou is develop guys like Shai Gilgis Alexander. Um, you know, you got Montrose Harrell. Development still happened. You have some other young guys that they've had to develop. And I commend Lou Williams for being able to be a superhero in the role that he's in to not get in those guys' way. And another thing is to be a closer in that role, too. Mm-hmm. You, gotta, you just got to give him credit. And the word, you know, the theme we're going to hear tonight, you know, with us is consistency. Yep. Hey, man, if, you, if, if your team can rely on you to be a superhero in that role each and every night, I, I, again, I feel like this was a no-brainer selection. Yeah, I agree. Come on. I mean, 20.3 points, five assists, shooting um, 43 from the field, 35 from 388, closing games, got him in the playoffs. You know, one more needs to be said. You know, Spencer didn't really got hurt, which hurt his chances yeah. at the end. You know, he kind of tailed off, but, you know, he was right there for a minute. And same thing, Montre- you know, before when Lou was starting, Montrez already had a little run, but, you know, you got to go with Lou. You know, he's, he's the best six man in the league, period. Uh, who's your defensive player of the year? Oh, man, this is tough for me. Yeah. Uh, so, my heart, right? I wanted to throw Giannis in here. Mm-hmm. Really bad, I wanted to. Because of, you got the best record in the league. Um, your team isn't your team with what with If you're not there to do what you do defensively, that's, that's what makes it a cheat code is you can guard one through five. Right. Well, um, I went with Gobert just because I already gave Giannis MVP. My vote went to Giannis MVP. I just uh, But I guess that was my my initial choice when my heart was Giannis, but I chose Gobert. I went Rudy Gobert. Okay. Uh, average of 2.3 blocks per game and 12.9 rebounds. That's a part of the defense. You got to look at that. But, you know, just seeing it, the impact he has, how dudes literally do their best to stay away from him. <laughs> I mean, you you know he's there. He's a presence. And, he, and even the shots he don't get, the way he alters shots and how he changes up your game plan when he's out there, he can guard the pick and roll and stuff like that, get out there, contest, recover. I mean, by far, he, he he's the best defensive big man in the league, you know what I'm saying? So, right, I mean, you know, Paul George had a strong year. Giannis right there, but, you know, with that type of impact is Rudy. I mean, basically, he is the Jazz defense. He allows those guys to pressure defense. I mean, look, he, he got no disrespect. He got Joe Ingles looking like he can strap. Well, this is what I was going to say. Like, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. He got guys yeah, looking like they can strap. Rubio look decent on defense. You take him away, yeah. It's buckets out there. So, you know, you got to give credit where it's due. Um, who's your coach of the year? Man, this hurt. This hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Doc Rivers. Yeah, me too. And me and too. it was hard to ignore uh, Coach Bud. And Nick Nurse. And Nick Nurse for what they've done. But nobody expected this out of the Clippers, Mike man. Malone, yep. You, you just didn't. Nobody can tell me they went into this year like, oh, Doc won't have him in playoffs. Man, no. They, we went into this year not even on Jerry West would keep Doc around. Because they relieved him from GM dude. You know, he. That's what I'm saying, and look what he got. I mean, look, people don't understand. The Clippers are six. They're 47 to 31. They're five games back of Golden State. No, six, because they, you know, they got one more of the loss column. They're six games back of five in the win column. You see what I'm saying? Like, they hanging, and they doing it with a bunch of hungry, grizzled, tough veterans yeah. that know their lane and do what they do. And sometimes that's all. They do their job. 
then I guess the biggest thing to me, kind of like the cherry on top, is the fact that while you have those vets that, that obviously play a huge role in what you've been able to do, mm-hmm. they've allowed you to develop these kids too. Like, I just feel like it's just a total team effort over there right. and a contribution. And it's just hard. For me. It feels like it's to me. It is hard to ignore what he's done this year, and he deserves it. So. Okay. Hey man, look at it. I know we're gonna, and I know for all of you that are watching, we're gonna, we're, our stuff's gonna be different at some point. We're gonna get there. James Harden, so, <laughs> I mean, and then what Jerry West was doing, yeah. you know, but I know everybody want to know who our MVP is. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, look, it's Giannis. <laughs> we don't say the last name here because I'm not about to butcher it. Hey, look, I got it. Finally, you got that for both of us because it's Giannis, aka the Greek Freak. Number 34 in Milwaukee. Uh, again, consistency beginning to end. Um, same thing with the rookie of the year race. This the differentiating factor to me. Was uh, from opening night, he's been consistent. Uh, I believe people were trying to make a big deal about the fact that he played in the game last night to make sure that uh, last end of the night before to make sure that they clinched. Um, yeah, that mentality, man, that, that, that just is cemented for me. And I know James has been tremendous this year. And it's, again, like the thing with Trey. Not to not James in any bit. He's put on one, one of the better offensive shows we've seen from a single player in the NBA. And it's been fun to watch. And I know that, you know, I think it's like two steals or something this year. He's done a little bit better on the defensive side, and that's good. When you brought up Gobert's impact, Giannis's impact on both ends of the floor there is just crazy. Um, so just can't ignore it again, the consistency, the ferocity in which he plays. Look, man, uh, just, man, look, just like you said, no one expected the Clippers to be where they had. No one saw the Bucks, man, having a, the, not just no one seed in the East, the number one seed in the league. They win the next game. It's the, they got the home court throughout the playoffs. Okay, so, and then you add in this 27 and 12, six, 5.9, nearly six assists, then it's impact all around defensively, averaging 1.3 steals, one and a half blocks, uh, shooting 57% from the field. Uh, I was knocking three point shooting, but I'm like, when you dunking on the whole team, who cares? You know, you you know, 72 percent he can improve, but that's still a solid free throw percentage shooting. And the Terry James Harden been on. I mean, it speaks for itself. But the team didn't do as well. He got off to a shaky start. Free free, kind of like Lucas started from game one, going to work, and then he just exploded and went on. He hasn't been as fish as efficient as Greek Freak from the field. Obviously, he's a better three-point shooter, free-throw shooter. And, you know, defensively, there's no contest. So, I mean, it's, it's plain to me. It's, it's, it's Greek freak. It's more, it's more to this than, than some dang, you know, offensive step-back threes, which a lot of people are just blind about for some reason. So, it is what it is. Yeah, but again, um, All right. I don't understand how you watch the Bucks and not walk away yeah, exactly. that. Uh, your executive of the year. <laughs> What title does Jerry West have with the Clippers? He's in the front office, so... So I can't give that to him, right? Nah, there's more GM. I guess Masai? Yeah, I'm with you. I guess Masai to turn something around that quickly and for it not to fall on his face. It kind of just... Yeah, like... We all know what DeMar meant to that city... That, that area, that, that the team, um, his best friend's still on the roster. It didn't feel, it felt like 
it just felt like a really smooth transition. Like things like that aren't supposed to happen that smooth. Right. And they got better. <laughs> you I mean, you know, I mean, you know, we talk about this results-based business, right? Mm -hmm. They got better. Some of the things in which they struggled with during the past iteration, um, obviously we get to see what it looks like in the postseason, obviously. But you don't, you, you don't feel the, the same things you felt about that other iteration of the Raptors. No and doubt. to do it that, that quickly of a turnaround and for it to be that smooth, I don't really recall any huge hiccups. I, I got to give credit. And, and it even, that even comes from that second unit that they have and the development of the guys that they've kept around, uh, their use of the G League. Uh, yeah, I'm going to side. Okay, same thing here. Uh, who is your all-rookie first team? My all-rookie first team? First and second team. First, okay, I'll do first team first. I'm going with Luca, uh, Trey Young, uh, DeAndre Ayton, um, Mitchell Robinson, and I had Shy. Okay. Um, my second team... Colin Sexton, Landry Shamet, Miles Bridges, Marvin Bagley, and Kevin Knox. Okay, my own rookie first team, DeAndre, Luca, Sharon Jackson, Colin Sexton, Trey Young. <clears throat> and then my second team, Shaq Gilgis Alexander, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter, I'm showing him some love. Yeah. I love what Kevin Knox is doing. And I'm going to throw Alonzo Tree in there just for me in the Spark Club with the Knicks. You know, you deserve that shot. Now, it was actually surprisingly hard to choose those for me. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see, I'm, I'm kind of hurt. I love Jaron Jackson off. Mm -hmm. And then I was wrestling with Kevin Order. Yeah, me too. I was wrestling with that kind of hard. Uh, so, um, I guess, who's your all-NBA third team? Then we'll build our way up from there. <laughs> oh, no, we got to do defensive team. You got to say that for the last, baby. Oh, my goodness. I left that off. Oh, NBA defensive first team. All right, I'll go. go um, first team is Rudy Gobert, mm -hmm. Paul George, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. Hey, okay, name. okay. Miles Turner. I'm going to put Patrick Beverly up there in the dog. Um, <clears throat> second team, Marcus Smart, Jimmy Butler, um, DMV guy, Jeremy Grant for OKC. Yes. going to get the credit he deserves. Yes. Love with Draymond Green doing when healthy, and when healthy Kawhi Leonard, you know he's literally won games doing that. So those are my defensive teams. I like that. All right. Um, I, I have my list. I, I'll put mine on Twitter because okay. I'm mad I forgot that one. Okay. Um, Go ahead. Who's your NBA? My third team. I'm gonna start with my third team. Work my way up. <laughs> I'm, gonna get this way. <laughs> I'm not. You want to start with the first team? Go ahead. Either I'm way we go, I'm gonna look petty. So I'm cool with this either way. You want me to go with the first team or third team? Yeah, it's up to you. Go ahead. I'm going to go third team. Uh -huh. We'll go our way from, you know, the third to first. Okay. All right. Uh, All-NBA third team, man, Russell Westbrook, um, Kemba Walker, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Carl Anthony Towns. Okay. Who you have for your third? On my third team, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, mm -hmm. Kemba, LeBron. And I put Rudy Gobert up there okay. for the wins. Yeah. So I give the dudes credit for putting up numbers. I don't get W's, man. I got an impact winning, but go ahead. Um, second team, I had Dame Lillard, uh, Brad Beal, Kawhi Leonard, KD, and Joel Embiid. Uh, my second team, Steph Curry, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, and Russell Westbrook. Okay. My NBA first team was Giannis, James Harden, Steph Curry, Paul George, and the Joker. 
Uh, my first team is Dame Lillard, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Free Freak, Joel Embiid. There you folks have it. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. Most of the stuff was uh, quite similar, sir. Well, job well done. Yeah. yeah you, know. <laughs> you, you got the game, you know, it's, it's self-explanatory. Man, um, yeah, I, it was tough with the rookie teams, and it was tough with the All-NBA first teams. It really was for me. And I was struggling, like, I know Bill was making my list. Mm. Where to put him? Now, that was my struggle for me. It's just hard for me. You notice everybody on my team, for the most part, making yeah. the playoffs. LeBron numbers just too strong. Yeah. Uh, but it came down to Bill Kemba. Mm -hmm. Kemba, he leading the Hornets to more wins, so you gotta respect it. Gotcha. And that's what it's about. Yeah, it's a result-based business. We've said this several times this evening. Yep. All right, so uh, we got some time for some rapid fire, man. What you, what you, what you got for me this week that I don't want to answer? You don't want to ask. Them. I probably don't, but let's go. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, the Nets reportedly will extend head coach Kenny Atkinson and staff. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, no brainer. No brainer. I, I think it was a no brainer. No brainer at all. I like the group they have. What he's done with that group, um, the impact he's had. Uh, I don't feel like you know while everyone's talking about D'Lo, obviously. Um, you know, I feel like that, that staff's played a role in helping a lot of those guys develop over there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it only makes sense. And if, if you're the Nets and you want to, you've progressed at this place, you want to see what the next step is. What's the thing we talk about the most when trying to change stuff is continuity. Um, yeah, you need to keep this stuff around so, these, so you can continue to take the next steps. You're a coach, uh, mm -hmm. the guru, the legend, uh, Gene R. Rima. Yes. He said that most coaches are afraid of their players. Mm -hmm. Quotes. <laughs> the majority of coaches in America are afraid of their players. The NCAA, the athletic directors, and society has made them afraid of their players. Every article you read, this guy's a bully, this woman's a bully, this guy went over the line, this woman has, was inappropriate. Yet the players get off scot-free and everything. They can do whatever they want. They don't like something you say to them, they transfer. Coaches... He had the coach in one hand behind their back. Why? Because some people have abused the role of a coach. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with Mo Harden. We talk about it here. The focus quite, quite yeah. often about the state of some of the young people, you know, these days, as pertains to athletes, um, not just in basketball, but just period. Uh, that's part of the problem now. We've seen each and every year the number of transfers. It's obviously some things, yes, some of the transfers, they make sense. You do what you need to do, be closer to family members and whatnot. Sometimes fits are really just that bad. Other times, I think the issue that we have is that some of these transfers are just because you didn't like the way something's going. You know, I agree. Um, I just feel like we, we are, again, to a point in society where accountability is about to be lost, mm -hmm. and that's just not real. Um, you mess up. You know, you deserve to get dealt with, and, yeah. and that goes for everybody. And a lot of people don't like their little feelings hurt. It's extra sensitive. We saw with Michigan State and his own, and you know, the freshman guard or whatnot. And look how he responded. It was nothing. He just who? That's just part of life, man. So, you know, Gino's totally right. You know, and pretty pretty soon you won't have players dictating how a program should be ran. And you know, me, I got an old school vibe with me. And, I'm a, I'm, that's why I say I can't be a head coach. I'm more of an assistant type, you know, work with the players than that. 
And I would, you know, I would just tell the parents, well, you come take these mama coach them yourself. Like, it'd be real quick. Yeah. I ain't got time to go back up here with you because what you're not going to do is come in here and tell me how to run my program. So you want to allow them to come here. You don't dictate stuff. Just like I don't come in your home and dictate how you raise these little bad mother. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's a give and take. If you trust me, if you entrust your kid with me, then trust me. They'll come out better than women before they came. And it's as simple as that. Um, last question. Ooh, Russell Wilson, yeah, it's the Seahawks. An April 15th deadline for a new deal. <laughs> My thoughts on yes, that. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in Seattle. <laughs> what y'all got against good players and keeping them? Yeah. Um, but if you want to take the man out, the division of the team that I root for, <laughs> uh, I hope you don't meet your deadline. Uh, I hope Russ has a very great life in a different division, a different conference. But not seriously, man. Get this man what he's owed. You owe this man at least that and more. You've taken away oh so many things from him. He, he's done what he's done despite the offensive line you've put in place. We've seen like 9,000 different versions of offensive line. Other top quarterbacks, there's continuity in front of him. We've changed the weapons he's had. So many things have changed, and all he's done is come in, show up for work, and make the most of what he's been given. Uh, the fact that you're even at this point is disgusting to me. Um, and I'm not surprised it's the NFL just being the NFL, man. Look here, man. He is the 12th highest paid quarterback in annual average a year. No problem. Um, he signed a four-year contract for $87 million in 2015, which is way below market value right now. <laughs> and now Aaron Rodgers, who's the top paid quarterback, makes $33 million a year. Russell Wilson is scheduled to make 17. So pretty much half of that. And he's not too far behind him. If, if anyone, you know, like his production is not too far behind Aaron Rodgers. He got to be up in that six, nine-figure territory. Easy. We're talking about a guy with a Super Bowl ring, right? Correct. And that gives him, the, right. he can you, bring you that to the table. You throw that in there with resumes when we talk about other guys who sometimes aren't playing to the level Russell Wilson's playing at. And it's, it's, it's been a sustained level of play as well. So it, it's, it doesn't make sense how we're at this place. And then if you're Seattle, I'm just thinking, like, how many people do you have to lose before you realize you can't just – everybody's not – Replaceable, though. Everyone's not. But, you, can't, you can't do that with but, everybody. But, but check this out. How come it, this only happens to brothers? Because he's an NFL in that position, we all know about it. Why, like, look, look at where we are right now in this draft where we literally got a prototypical quarterback, right? Yeah. And then we got the other version, right? You got the best of both worlds, technically. And we're literally hearing that we should wait till 2020 for quarterbacks. Or, or my favorite part about the Dwayne Haskins thing, I thought some school of thought people out here with, oh, look how many games he started. Right, Mitchell Trubisky played 13 games. Y'all let this rock. This guy at least sat for two years mm -hmm. behind a very good quarterback, college quarterback, and JT Barrett. And he talked about what he learned, things of that nature, reading some stuff on him. If, if you know, he looked a little bit different, man, the stuff they be saying about Dwayne Haskins, mm -hmm. it'd be crazy. It'd be really interesting to me because he's literally everything some people are going out their way to prop up some of the knots to be. And the only difference is the pigment of your skin color. And it's, get, it's just getting irritating. Listen. Because 
Like he's one of Aaron Rodgers, right? Yep. And he's a bad man, all the things he's done. At the end of the day, he got the same amount of Super Bowls as Russ has. Right? Yep. He's the two quarterbacks who have excelled at their jobs in this league. Both of which I don't think anybody has any issues saying haven't exactly had the best important cast around them. How many Super Bowls did Drew Brees got? I think we still wait. No, he got one. Yeah, he got, he got one. one. That's what I'm so. saying. So. He should be up in that top tier and yeah, paying and all that and consistent I mean, promo. If, if we can mention him with him, you know what he's worth. Exactly. So look, I, my my advice to a lot of people: look look deeper than what you you know these talking heads and what you even even what you kind of seeing on TV and what's being told to you. A lot of thing is when you just pay deeper attention, you'll see the real. And I'm gonna say that without really, I'm speaking in codes, but. You know, really do that in all sports because a lot of BS is being passed around here, and us kind of being behind the curtain and stuff like that. We we laugh when we see it and people run with it, but it's a lot of BS, man. You know what I mean, we shouldn't even have this. This shouldn't even be a story. This should be they should be hitting them up. Yo, we gonna extend you. Could it's you, a four year deal. Somebody offered Drew Brees seventeen mil. The stories that would be written about what this the Saints ownership and everything else, the audacity that they have to lowball this man. Yet we got to a deadline with somebody who won you. And then you got rid of him. And even if you want to say he didn't win you the Super Bowl, you literally let a bunch of things that helped win the Super Bowl out the door. So at that point, if that's the only thing that's left there, you being that more important than those other things you let out the yep. door. Upon doing that, what's the issue with paying them? And yeah, he threw the pass and lost the Super Bowl. Who, but who made the call? All right, now instead of giving it to beast mode. Hey. Like all, all I'm seeing is watch this front office go out their way to just be very inept about things that are important. Okay. Well, so you know, like you said, as a fan of a team in this position, hey, y'all do what y'all do, man. I don't mind if that man leaves, get him out of there. He gets on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> he gives me, he gives me many headaches. Get him out of here. But just trust and know you're gonna go back to being the old Seahawks. Yep. Try it. When we don't hear about you anymore, it's just crazy that we're here, man. That's like we you said, how is he in a story? Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, man. Um, we truly appreciate you guys. As always, get over to FinalSmack.com. Get over to MyMonosports.com. Descartes was about to lose his voice. Mine's yeah. probably be going within 48 hours, so I can hear it. See you, man. So, um, thank you guys for tuning in. Again, thanks to Rodney back there, making all this works. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. It's been another episode of Focus TV. Couple weeks. Couple, couple weeks.